Hello, welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Rera. Andre, how are you? I'm good, man. I mean, I, I caught you. I have a random question. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I have a random question. How often are you like tempted to say to to say strictly funkin? No funkin, no funkin strictly muggin. Yeah, I haven't been in a while. I was pretty often early on, but. Um, you know, you get back, you get used to it. Um, what a professional. Yeah, I don't know. It's also because I do the other, I do the other podcast too. Although I don't usually introduce um, uh, the the uh, Marvel one, so I do it for the Patreon episodes, and so you just kind of, I don't know, I just kind of get used to it. Um, nice. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? You already asked me. That's why I'm just returning the yeah. favor. Oh right, of course. We're not here <laughs> to talk about each other, though. We're here to talk about. Looks in a way, we are. Yeah, we are. We're here to talk about Disco Didn't Die, It Was Murdered. Um, now, quick question. What's your opinion on disco music? I fucking love disco music. Really do. I grew up with it. Um, my hmm. mom, whenever we took road trips, um, specifically, we'd go a lot to San Francisco. It's like a five-hour car trip. Mm-hmm. So we'd listen to a lot of like uh, disco tapes, um, mm-hmm. tapes at the time. Yeah. And then eventually it became CDs, but... I love disco. I like a lot of like remixes of songs today that sound kind of like disco. So I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, I don't really have any relationship with disco. Um, it was not what my, uh, you know, my parents grew up. I didn't really grow up listening to. Um, they, I don't know. They, they don't think they were very disco people. I mean, that doesn't surprise me knowing my parents. What kind of music uh, did your parents like? I mean, Period. my mom, she really didn't listen to a ton of stuff normally. My dad was just into rock music, classic rock music and modern rock music. So generally I picture your dad being into like van halen no not at all actually he was more well back in the day he was like into the grateful dead and uh led um and leonard skinnerd and the who um but your parents are young no not really i mean born 1963 1965 yeah so that's not like grateful dead territory i mean i can tell you that he i i i, I, I throw tie down shirts sure in his in, closet I'm sure, he's, so I'm sure he's into it but like that's not at their heyday like yeah, no, but he sense. wasn't, he wasn't, I, I don't think he was ever into like the Van Halen hair metal type thing. I don't think that was ever his vibe. He loved like the Allman Brothers is probably, I think, one of his favorite bands, you know. Okay, so but like the, Southern Rock. Southern Rock, like a lot of more psychedelic stuff. And then, like I said, he, the thing about him is that he really didn't stop. Like he kept, he kept listening to the new radio too. Like he would have, you know, in the 2000s, we'd be listening to 2000s rock, you know. Um, I don't know why okay. he never. Which is a thing that I completely can't relate to because I basically the moment I turned like twenty, I'm like I am done learning new music, <laughs> and uh, my dad was not like that at all. Fair. I mean, my mom was super into disco. Uh, my dad was super into like um, Toto, um, mm-hmm. Alan Parsons Project, mm-hmm. um, Pink Floyd, that kind of shit. Yeah, but so. oh, my dad also loved Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. I would say my dad's. If I'd like think of the groups that come to mind immediately, because he would call them groups, which is why I'm using that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Who. He, well, he had a painting of Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend in our laundry room, so he clearly loved them. Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. the Allman Brothers, uh, Leonard Skinnerd, and the Dead, probably. Although we really didn't listen to the Dead that much since that they were, you know, but it's more of the concert thing, you know. I think that, that was a different time in his life. Um, Is he a big fish, a fish guy? I don't. Th- I think. I think we talked about this once. I think he got out before because this is like his early twenties, which at a time he doesn't talk about that much. Because uh, at the risk of seeming too cool to his sons um uh, yeah yeah uh like i have no idea what my parents were up to obviously they weren't really adults in the 70s so much but i you know they're they're it's kind of a black box and i'm like i think i would like you guys more if you, if you open that up uh, yeah you know you know what i think about like i think about like okay for instance growing up in the 90s um you know i'm very well aware of the 90s i was into music very early on mm-hmm. in my life um but i can't possibly say that i was like well developed enough to like really appreciate all of that Mm-hmm. I know that at some point the Buddy Holly video was included mm-hmm. on the Windows 95 disc. Yeah. And that was basically how I first got into Weezer. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm super into Weezer and I've never seen them live. Um, mm-hmm. Also because their music sucks now. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. that's one of my biggest regrets is that I never saw them live like early on in my life. You know, I've only actually been to like two real concerts in my whole life and it, they both were when I was in high school. I'm just such a lame I just don't do enough. It's basically the, 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 the thesis of my life, which I think there. you know. I know I'm bad at getting out there. I'm bad at being out in the world. What did you see? But, 
I mean, I saw Radiohead, which is, I mean, a great Well, well that's a fucking good one to go to. And then I saw Muse the next year. I saw them back-to-back years in Tampa. Hold on a um, second. Hey, he, um, uh, Jake's only been to two concerts. One Radiohead and two Muse. She, yeah, my wife fucking loves Muse. I they're one of my favorite bands. I, I don't, their, their new stuff, their new stuff is not good, but yeah. everything, like, I still, I even like most of the second law, but everything after that, I can't endorse, but. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think she And unfortunately, either. unfortunately, I saw them on their second law tour, and they were, they're the type of band that mostly played newer stuff, which is a little bit annoying, whereas Radiohead, mm-hmm. of course, they, they, the Muse played like 12 songs, and I think Radiohead played literally like 28 songs. Yeah, <laughs> like <they> were, they, <laughs> That's that's a whole vibe, man. I've seen them yeah. once. I saw them in Mexico City, and it was uh, aside from me like almost shitting my pants like forty five mm-hmm. minutes before the concert. It was a great show. I, I think the thing too is that like I I'm someone who like I don't as you can probably imagine most of the vibes with like outdoor concerts are things that I just would not abide by, um, and so like that's why I like yeah. when I saw them. I saw them in um, what's now called the Amelie Arena, but was at the time the Tampa Bay Times Forum, um, which is the Tampa Lower the Lightning play. And like that's just a comfortable venue to be in. It's not you know you're not worried about a Tampa. Uh, what I'm sorry, the Tampa. It's where the Tampa Bay Lightning Bay Rays. Play. No, the Lightning. Oh, Lightning, Lightning. Okay. Yeah, the Rays gotcha. play in Tropicana Field, which is actually they can't hold concerts there because it's legally considered the city dump. Um, but damn, that's it's yeah. one of the worst places. I've been there twice. Man, you want to talk about a fucking dump? Like wow, just a real damn, really that bad. And like, and it's like the thing about it is it's in like the worst part of town, and it's because it's in St. Pete technically where the Rays play, and it's like, a you have to if you live in downtown Tampa in order to get to where the Rays play, you need to get on the highway, which is you want to know why no one goes. It's because like oh you have to go on the highway, park in this really terrible area, and the stadium is a, is a piece of shit. Um, like people always because you know there was a lot of hand wringing about the Rays, no one going to see them. You know like it's kind of the whole story about them. And they're actually good. Yeah, yeah, whereas you know the lightning, which is hockey in Florida, right? They no one should see the lightning. The lightning sell out every single or the, game. Or the they, coyotes, yeah, yeah. But the lightning sell out every game because their arena is right in downtown Tampa, and so like if you're an old person who's like still drunk from brunch, you can stumble over to a game. Anyway, I I don't know why I got into this, but um, talking about Disco didn't yeah. die; he was murdered. So <laughs> what we haven't been on a tangent like this in a long time. Um, no, of course we've been like I think we've been like pumping out like thirty-five minute episodes. Like the yeah, last we, and we, we, people forgot about what we're capable of. But we start off in nineteen seventy-eight, where yeah. uh, there's a guy building a bomb, uh, and Henry and other police officers come in and they stop him. You know, they hold him up, and they end up arresting him. Um, and then we we then learned where where where's the bomb gonna go? Yeah, the bomb was. Uh, we find out the next day the, um, mm-hmm. at a at a police conference in front of the building that mm-hmm. it was scheduled to be detonated in front of the, or in the uh, Santa Barbara police department, mm-hmm. um, which is just one super hilarious because like, I guarantee you the Santa Barbara police department in the seventies weren't really cracking down on hippies. Cause that's like where all the fucking hippies were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Secondly, like, yeah, no, that's just one actually. Yeah. It's, all, it's like, also like, I, I just refuse to believe that there's not, and not that I want to give them ideas, but that there's not a more be- better government building that they can target. Um, like, right. if you're going to go through the trouble of building a bomb. Anyway, uh, so we then cut to the present where Sean is being interviewed by a reporter um, from the Independent. Wait, sorry, real, real, oh. sorry, real quick. There's oh, an sorry. important piece of right. like, uh, right. something we got to lay down. Um, the police chief, I guess, at the time wants to give, you know, Henry his... Mm-hmm his uh his props for you know being able mm. to crack down on this bomb attempt before it goes off and henry insists you know you shouldn't give us special um you know commendations for doing my job essentially mm-hmm. so he's very like you know he's uh, magnanimous about it yeah he's humble yes. so then we cut forward and sean's not being humble he set up an interview with the santa barbara independent um for a story that apparently is going to be on like page 64 um but he can't talk to her anymore because uh, Chief Vic has something for him and Gus. And so after Sean goes over his different poses he's going to do, we learn mm-hmm. the big the big inciting incident of this episode. Correct, which is apparently a bunch of cases um, in the past have been revisited due to some sort of event. And mm-hmm. so uh, essentially they're going to have to reopen some cases and reinvestigate some of the existing cases. Mm-hmm. 
uh, to just to verify that things went down the way that they did and that like everything is like, um, you know, above board. Let's just say. Yeah. So Sean gets the and, case that sorry, Vic. Sorry. Well, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Sean gets the case that Vic wants them to investigate, and it is the case we saw at the beginning, Henry's biggest case. So it's actually kind of a big deal. Um, and as they're the, after the theme song, which we get the longer version of the theme song, which we get occasionally. Yeah. I don't know why. Is this the first time? I think this is the first time, and it happens. I don't know I don't know why they decide to do it, but it happens occasionally. Um, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, that Chief Vic has a very specific rule for Sean and Gus. Yeah, she tells him that, like, obviously, she knows that uh, Henry is, sorry, Sean is the son of Henry, and that mm-hmm. he cannot get involved in any capacity because mm-hmm. he's obviously retired from the police force. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe that represents some sort of conflict of interest. But anyways, he doesn't have the authority to, like, look into this. And the fact that they have a site that does is a whole different mm-hmm. set of circumstances. Yes. Um, and she splits an infinitive, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I so, did like this whole thing. Yes, I I love. I mean, for a while, I don't know why, but like it was a big thing. My twin brother would joke about of the the way that Sean says "good catch, Gus," which is just very funny. Um, so we then. Sorry, cut, I'm just looking up. I'm just looking up splitting in infinitive. The best, the easiest example is uh, the opening mm-hmm. narration of Star Trek to boldly go where no man has ever gone before is splitting in infinitive because you should say to go boldly. You don't put the an adverb in between two and a verb. Gotcha. That's splitting an infinitive. Gotcha. See, the thing is, you know, is grammar ever really useful? No, not really. But that doesn't mean I don't know it. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, that, like, so, and also thinking about grammar, is most of this shit is, like, based in Latin, where, like, the rules... Like, I think I said before that, like, you in Latin, you can't end a sentence with a preposition, and then so then when we were deciding the rules of English, we're like, that also should apply, but there's no reason to. It's just... It's just because back in the day, everyone thought Latin was cool and we should act like Latin is English. And uh, yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get to the office and they're like, we can't tell my dad. He's a freak when he sees this. And sure enough, who's already in the office? Yeah, uh, Henry's already there. Um, and Sean asks him, like, how the fuck you got in? Because mm-hmm. they leave their windows open. And on top of that, he has a key to the office. So yeah. And he first he says that he dropped off. He dropped by to give his raisin bread recipe, which I love. I mean. If he has that too. Chocolate chip raisin bread. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on raisins. Um, I like raisins on their own, but I don't want them in my food. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of, I'm not a huge fan of them in cookies or anything. Mostly because I think that just a straight up oatmeal cookie is really underrated. Like, I actually just don't. Nah, I'm out. I like an oatmeal cookie. I mean, I like oatmeal a lot. I mean, so. The worst feeling in the world is when you bite into an oatmeal cookie, oatmeal raisin cookie, thinking it's a fucking chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. It's the worst. You gotta, you get, you gotta be, be sure before you know. I mean, um, anyway. So Henry threatens him, you know, for he's like, you're lucky on asking, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he is adamant that he didn't make a mistake, that he got the right guy, and that the whole because we learned that basically the issue was that there's something wrong with the search warrant. So all of the stuff, uh, the evidence he got doesn't count anymore. Yeah, correct. They leave. He leaves all pissed off. But mm. what I do appreciate about all this is after Henry leaves, mm. um, Sean and Gus talk about the next step for the case. And for the first time, I think mm. ever on the show, they decide mm. let's go to the DA's office. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. go. Fi- let's figure this out. It's like okay, mm. that seems like the most responsible way to go about things. Yeah, and of course, when they get there, who's already there? Uh, yeah, Henry's there, and uh, he makes his argument that he sh- can be there because he's a tax-paying citizen and he has the right to ask for stuff. And you know what? Yeah. God bless the Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, they use a f- and also this is one of the first times they do a commentary on the the nickname joke where Sean says my name's Sean Spencer and Henry goes, "Yeah, and that's my little honeysuckle and that makes me old Scratch Johnson." I did love that a lot. Yeah, I did love that. That yeah. made me actually really laugh. Yeah. So they, they ask for the court transcripts. They do some bit about guessing the guy's gonna have a baby boy because he has blue paint chips and a Louis, Louisville Slugger, and you know it. It's good for them, um, but yeah, they use FOIA, which usually uh, FOIA usually not an instantaneous process because uh, governments hate to give up their documents. Um, but uh, right. they, I guess it doesn't work. I guess we're living in a world where um, 
the government is not a slow bureaucracy. Uh, and so, yeah, they end up they end up getting copies of that. But Sean lays down some ground rules if they're going to work together. Yeah, um, he lays down ground rules. Um, I don't recall what they are, but I just remember he said something about a big fat nut and it made me fucking laugh. Yeah, he does. Because he talks about how um, that he that he was the one who was hired. And Henry's working for him. And unless he wants to go back and be a cop, go back to the academy, climb over the wall, do the opposite course where you have to decide whether or not not, not to shoot the old lady, the guy with the cane, or the squirrel with the big fat nut. Um, it's one of those things where the classic joke of where someone does goes too into a description of something and ends up losing the point they're making. Dude, you know what? I would fucking love to do the police course. I mean, I got great news. Have you ever been to a Universal Studios in Orlando? That's basically what the Men in Black ride is. I'm kidding, but yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Is it really? Basically, kind of? yeah. You know, you know, in Men in Black, where there's the bit where he has to do the yeah, yeah, um, the training. It's that, and then it becomes like a but wait, there's an alien invasion. We need your help, but it does start out as you have to shoot like the right targets and stuff. Okay, but no, but no, I don't care about that part. I care about like the running stuff and like. Oh well, in that walk. case, then just then you gotta go to the academy. Okay, well, I'm not going to join the police academy. Well, then you're SOL. Oh, fuck. Okay, well, you've you got to talk. You want to talk, talk about my dad? That's a real, that's a phrase my dad would, SOL? Man, that's a George Christie You special. got me super excited because I'm going to be in Orlando in fucking September. Oh, hell yeah. I got to, I'll come, to, my, my brothers are there, obviously. What what week in September? Because I probably, gonna, I actually might be in Arizona at that point, but I'm going on vacation mm. in Arizona. It's the first, uh, the first week. Uh, so yeah, I'm actually gonna probably. I think I'm gonna be in Arizona that week because I'm going for Labor Day and my mother's birthday. Um, so oh yeah, I'm gonna be there September first for a model room review. Actually, I, no. In that case, I think that my brothers will still be there. Not that that matters, but if you need, if you want yeah. any recommendations of where to go, I mean, they live in Orlando and they know. Um, you want to, you want the spots where you get overserved and good food. Um, I could definitely help you out. <laughs> I just want good food. I mean. But uh, you, but you also need to be overserved to make you forget that you're in Orlando. Um, so they end up going. They look at the documents and uh, they're reviewing the stuff. And Sean ends up getting a, a call from the chief, and she has uh, an issue that she needs to discuss. Yeah, she found out basically that um, Henry's down at the DA's office, and <laughs> Sean mentions it wasn't actually Henry; it was Phil Collins, mm-hmm. to which. Chief Vic responds that she that Phil Collins was in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Does he? Did he? He. Uh, I mean, let me check this out. Let me let me go on the old Wikipedia. Phil Collins, um, Switzerland. Yeah. Yep. He lived in he lived in Switzerland uh, in the mid two thousands. From nineteen ninety nineteen ninety nine, he bought a house in Switzerland. <laughs> it literally says that. It. Yeah. I mean, this is Wikipedia. Yeah, I think he ended up losing oh. it in a divorce, but yeah. So, oh, well. Chief Vic knows what she's talking about. Um, I'm guessing that's Lily Collins' mother. Uh, yeah, it must be. Um, although you never really know. These people, these rock and roll stars. Is someone doing dishes at your place? Yeah, you know, it's, it, it happens. Uh, so, curious. they're looking at the documents, and uh, what do they glean from it? Oh, the DA only used, basically only used the evidence that they got from the scene, not any of the additional evidence, which means that if they get the additional, it's a long way way of saying that there's more evidence that wasn't used at the trial. Correct. Yeah. The, there was a, luckily for them, there was a different search warrant after the fact, which I don't there know. There must have been a different search warrant for a different place. I, I They kind of yada yada it. Cause I don't think they want to go through the actual part process of civil procedure, which is complicated. Um, right. But, yeah. but apparently all that evidence uh, consists of like things that were, uh, you know, picked up from the place after he was already arrested. Yeah. Um, so in order to go to the place where they ac- they have access to whatever was confiscated, mm-hmm. they uh, they need to take Sean's bike because they need to stay incognito. And, Except they you know, can't. Luckily They're for taking them, a cab. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah, because they can't ride all on his bike. So, the, yeah, they end up taking a cab. And so I mean, they, they go... they could if they're really horny. That's true. They end up getting the box and they look through it and what is in there a pawn ticket from goldstein's pawn uh that was right before the arrest so um yeah then we cut to the b plot which is very short where 
uh, Juliet and Lassiter are presented with two new cases that they can choose from. One is a international diamond smuggling ring, and one is a fraudulent paperwork at a plastics factory. And rather than choose, they decide to both do the diamond smuggling ring and pretend and give McNabb the plastics factory one. Yeah, which I'm not sure how this works out in the hierarchy of... Uh, he's not even a, a detective, so I'm not really sure how this works, but, you know, I already at this point... I already knew that his case was going to be a lot cooler than their mm-hmm. case. 100%. Exactly. Um, and so they go to the pawn shop and like the guys like this tickets from 30 years ago. Well, my dad, wait, hold on place. a second. Hold on a second. Did we even oh. discuss that? They would, they found the pawn ticket. Yeah, I did. I said it. Okay. And then oh, I said, it must've been like one sentence. Yeah. I mean, is there more than one sentence? They go to the pawn shop, they get the ticket and they go back to get a box of old stuff. And Sean's oh. really excited. They get some fucking sweet outfits out of it. What are you talking about? I'm talking. I'm. Ta- I'm getting to the part where they get the box. I'm taking it note by note. You're acting like I'm rushing through stuff. I'm saying that they get the ticket. Then the guy says, "I gotta go get the box." Sean says, "Do you think the box is like code for like uh, Indiana Jones?" I'm going through all the bits. I'm not right, but the ticket the when they found the ticket was before the fucking international diamond smuggling thing. Yeah, and then it cuts to the diamond smuggling thing, and then we come oh, okay, on. Okay, all right. Hmm. I, I, Oh yeah, like I'm usually right. And so yeah, but it's, but it's actually just a big cardboard box of unclaimed stuff, and um, they uh, what what it's connected to is an old receipt with a bunch of numbers on it, and uh, Sean knows what those numbers are, uh, and so does Henry. But Sean gets to say it because he's psychic. Yeah, it's a VIN number for a car. Um, and so, you know, Henry pulls him aside real quick and tells him that, you know, this is a very popular thing to do back in the day, which was to blow up stuff in a car, car bomb, essentially. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's Irish, but a car bomb. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if Frank's is an Irish name. Uh, also that's kind of controversial, right? The Irish car bomb thing. It's, I mean, it's, you don't, if you, you don't order it. The drink is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, In the same way that you don't order a black and tan in Ireland. Um, well, do they drink? Do they drink Irish car bombs out there? I don't. I imagine they probably don't that much. Um, younger people might because they're like yeah, they don't have no memory of the troubles. Um, yeah. But also, is there anything more like British Isles than calling them the troubles? Like, I that's just in America. Whenever something bad happens, like we have to like use like the biggest words, like you know, like Hurricane Sandy, for example, or the date, or the date. We have to call it Superstorm Sandy. It's the biggest thing in the world. Whereas that, that's like oh. uh Decades and decades of like murder and disappearing people and civil unrest. Those are just some troubles. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No. So yeah, they have to. They, they end up. The pawn shop sold the car, obviously, because they didn't keep on hold on to it for thirty days. I mean, for thirty years. Um, but they need to. They need to be incognito if they're going to do this case. So they end up getting some new fits, which correct. I mean, this might be why I like this episode a lot. It's <laughs> just because the look is so funny. Yeah, it's like straight out of like the Spirit Halloween mm-hmm. uh, costume of for anybody dressing like they're from the seventies. Um, you know, Henry looks great. I'm sure he actually might have actually worn some stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they walk out some sick threads and they head over to the junkyard, um, yeah. which is where the car is. And apparently, the car was in the lady's driveway for a number of years. Yeah, I'm curious to see who the lady was, but we don't see that. Yeah. Um. So they end up having to buy the car and Sean's like, okay, how much money do you have? Dad, $50. How much money do you have? Gus, uh, uh, with my wallet and my sock 400. And so they end up paying $450 because Sean doesn't know how to haggle. I can relate a lot of cash to have on you. It is. Yeah. He's looking to get robbed, but yeah, I don't know about you. I'm not a haggler. I'm really bad at it. Um, no, I usually, I used to take, I used to take my mom whenever I'd go to the dealership. I used to take my mom because she's like a real fucking, I think the reason why I am so bad at haggling is because I grew up on multiple occasions seeing my mom haggle and it made me so embarrassed. (laughs) I don't want to throw under the bus, but like, I find it like to be so, I'm just like, whatever. Oh no, absolutely. It's mortifying. (laughs) No, it Um, is. It's, it's not fun. And it's like, um, I mean, my mom is, I guarantee you a bigger bitch than your mom. Um, so hers is like, no. You're not running my credit until you tell me what your numbers you're going to come up with right now. Yeah. Ex- yeah. I think that like my mom's whole thing is just being, she very much weaponizes uh five foot, nothing white lady and not in like a problematic way, but in like a, no, I know you're bullshit. Like you're not, you might do that to other people, but you, you're not going to bullshit me. You know, does she curse? 
No, not really. She doesn't. She wouldn't. Because, I mean, that's part of it. She's not me. She's very much not aggressive in it. She's very much like, can be like, I know you're lying to me. Like, I know that that's not true. Um, Does which, your dad curse? I mean, oh, oh, I mean, in private, sure, yes, but not in, like, not in this situation. Like, to okay. you, he does. Yeah, not often, but, like, usually, I mean, to be frank, my dad would never really curse, except, like, a comedic context at this point. Um, my mom know. cursed so much, that's why I curse so my much. My mom is not a huge, occasionally she would, and then, like, as we got older, probably when Michael and I were, like, 16 and Kevin was an adult, my dad started swearing in for comedic purposes. And that's, I mean, the only time I ever swear at my parents really is if I am uh, saying something comedic or complaining about something that my parents would be okay with me. <laughs> like, if I'm complaining about, like, you know, uh, if I were to say to my mom, like, it fucking sucks that I lost my job, she wouldn't get mad at me. You know what I mean? Like, in right. that sort of situation. Um, anyway, so they ended up, this ended up costing them all their money. Um, and but But this is, it's not just a car, it's evidence, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. It's not. So they, they look inside of it. Um, Shaw notices something from the outside. There's like a little bit of an imprint of a logo of mm-hmm. some sort on the windshield. Um, it for When I was taking notes down, I couldn't remember what the hell windshield was called. So I just hit the front window. Um, hey, it happens to the best of us. Yeah. Um, and so Gus is like, you know, taking stock of the car because apparently it's going to be his because he threw down the most cash. You know, fair enough. Um, and Henry and his cop instincts, you know, he looks over it. He notices, uh, some non-traditional soldering, so- soldering? soldering, 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 but with an LD, it fucks me yeah. up every time. Soldering. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I guess was a common thing. It still is, I guess, um, in some capacities. Uh, so he notices that he breaks open the compartment and what do you know? There is some, something there. Uh, one of the things I couldn't tell what the rest of the stuff was. I think it was like pipes. I, I couldn't tell. Yeah. Like but the main pipes. thing they find is a yeah. film is film. Yeah. Uh, so they need to yeah, get, yeah film. photos. So they need to yeah, get those I developed. Yeah. Which I don't think was a, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that was the right kind of film canister or thing for know. the era. I don't think it is. I, I don't know, but I'm sure you're probably right. Um, so they end yeah. up getting the stuff developed and in one of the photos, they see it's not just Eugene. It's also two other revolutionaries holding AK-47s, which, uh, yeah, that's, that's very, a serious uh, weapon. It's some very Patty Heaton kind of shit. hmm Exactly. Uh, and, uh, Henry has a source, an old snitch he used, he used to know, that he's gonna ask for. Uh, what's this guy's name? <laughs> well, the, at first we only know his name is Pookie, which is, <laughs> like, just the most... Yeah, I mean, I just love the bit of them getting. <laughs> to say yeah, they're, they're they're all they're all cracking up at like him mentioning Mookie. I think it's is no, it's Mookie. Mookie is Spike Lee and do the right thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Mookie the, is also Mookie Betts, Mookie Blaylock. You know. Is there another Pookie? Pookie, I don't know. It sounds like I, I'm sure there's other Pookies in. I think Pookie is the name of Chris Rock's character in New Jack City. Maybe am I right about that? It could be. Yeah. If I'm right about um, that, I'm going to give myself uh Yes, yes, it is. It is. It is. It is. Yes. Give yeah, myself so pat on the back. Nice. Once once I can crack how the the podcast qu- called Nice Pull ev- works, if I finally make a game show just about pulling obscure pop culture references, it's over for you. This is this is my that's my magnum opus and I'm going to retire. Um but I've still not I'm figured still... out how that would work. <laughs> do you do you still have access to the file of the Bill Cosby episode uh sort of history yeah uh yeah i probably do i was only on one episode right you weren't on bill cosby though you were on morgan freeman ah fuck yeah okay i need that you need that do you want me to delete it or do you just need it i need you to send it to me okay i'll get it um anyway so they go up to pookie they find they wonder where pookie is and they roll to a club they guys end up drifting in because the car is so bad um and my favorite My favorite part of the whole episode is that Gus gets up and he says, because the seat is all the way up, his whole left side fell asleep and he starts doing the walk. (laughs) Yeah, he starts doing the walk. Like the very, uh, you can tell by the way I walk, Shorty, that I'm a ladies' man, a businessman. Yeah, he does the whole lean. 
I, it is just so funny, and Dulé Hill is so good at it because he has, keeps a serious face on the whole time, and it just looks so funny. Um, and it's a disco club, so basically the idea is this guy Pookie definitely still remembers what goes on the seventies. He's never left the seventies, um, and so yeah, yeah, it's the top flight dance club. It looks like a happening spot. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, Pookie's up at the DJ booth, and Henry, you know, it's like let's go talk to him. Mm-hmm. So they go talk to him, and at first Pookie, as a typical snitch. Mm-hmm. He acts innocent. He doesn't know what's going on. What what are they talking about? Yeah. There's a lot of 70s slang being, you know, mm-hmm. dished out. Um, and eventually he owns up to it. And he talks about how the other Well, the thing is, the what gets him on it is not money. It's that Sean reveals that he's psychic and he says, I can dig it. Spiritual. Third eye. Like, so he's into that, you know, because that's a very, I mean, talk about the 70s. And the two it's cats. very far out, brother. Who were the two cats that ran with Eugene? Is Derek... Derek Ford and Melanie? I guess yes. it's Derek and Melanie Ford at this point. Yes. Um, and, and they were in a militant organization that are currently striking right now in Hollywood. Yeah. So. Yep. Were you going to make oh. that joke? Yes, you were of course definitely I was. Do it. Of course I, I was. fucking knew you were. I fucking knew you were. Then take yeah. it, take it, take it, take it. Yeah, no, it's, I did it's called. It's called? SAG. Exactly. <laughs> but it stands um, for Citizens Against Government. No, not Soldiers citizens. Against Government, soldiers which is a cl- government. classic TV thing of... Obviously, in the actual late 70s, the groups that are militant against the government had actual grievances, but they can't bring those up because they don't want to be controversial. <laughs> so they just have to say that these people are against government, yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just, in real life, it's like they had, like, oh, we're against, you know, uh, military coups in South America or whatever. But it's like, no, no, they're just against government. Yeah. Um, Which yeah. was the one that Patty Heaton was in? It was like some uh, Sri Lankan, some shit. Yeah, something. Uh, Patty, if I was, you, you mean Patty Hearst, right? Patty Heaton is on Everybody Loves Raymond. Sorry, yeah, Patty Hearst. Yes, Patty Hearst was part of the Symbionese Liberation Army. Right. Which? What the hell is Symbionese? I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm figuring this out. Symbionese, Symbionese Liberation Army is uh what the hell does Simmons what does that mean um it's fantastic podcasting I love uh it. oh it's from the word symbiosis so it's actually not oh, okay. represent an area for whatever reason i thought this whole time it referred to like a nation or a country or something i mean honestly so did i because they put ease at the end of it I, honestly i didn't never really looked into it correct that much. Except mm-hmm. that I sometimes like to think about how that's uh, Chris Hardwick's mother-in-law. But anyway, um, so is it really? Yeah. Um, wow, he's married okay. to the Hearst da- daughter, like the youngest one, which is very because that's why there used to be a rule on At Midnight where you were not allowed to make jokes. Where you know how, like, if someone's talking about like a good classic movie, they just like it's no Citizen Kane on At Midnight. Mm-hmm. You are not allowed to do that because the Hearst family is still mad about Citizen Kane. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, like, you sure. couldn't say, like, you couldn't say, uh, you know, Battlefield Earth is no Citizen Kane. You had to say another movie because they didn't want Citizen Kane to mean good movie. How do they feel about Mank? I mean, they probably are not big fans of it, but that's where they he, they and I differ because Mank fucking rules. Anyway. Dude, Chris, no, it's a, it's okay. Uh, Chris Hardwick, man, this guy has dated some real fucking firecrackers. Yeah, it's and crazy. Then, do, do you not remember the whole controversy where his one ex, like, they had the whole... I didn't want to go through it, but he, like, was really shitty to her and... Because uh, he's alcoholic? No. Oh, Chloe Dykstra. Yeah, where he was, like, uh, like abusive, made her, like, be, be, be bulimic and, you know... Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. The thing that always will stick in my mind, not to go sword history mode, is that... She apparently had just had like a um, miscarriage, and he asked the doctor when she was still in the hospital, "When can we have sex again?" Um, which is oh really nice God. behavior. I definitely behavior of a guy that should still have a career. Anyway, yeah, I've been so, I've been out on that guy for a while. Oh, so yeah, I've been out since the then. whole time I, actually. I thought I thought some of like the stuff he produced, like his his kind of the nerdist stuff. I enjoyed some of the other stuff they did, but uh, yeah, he kind of always seemed a bit phony. Uh, and wouldn't you know? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so at this point, Henry, upon learning this, Henry is kind of distraught. Yeah, he's distraught. You know, he um, he missed the whole thing about there being two other people involved um, in the original bombing uh, plot, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he 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 says that it was his biggest bust, and he was wrong. And I guess you know, to like a, I mean, we don't see a lot of his previous life since mm-hmm. then 
in his uh, in his like police career but mm. we can assume that this was probably the biggest thing and mm-hmm. you know he's like a very plain clothes officer no not plain clothes he's like a he's like a beat cop Uniform. essentially yeah he was a sergeant at the yeah. time yeah but um yeah it's it's a shame so he's he's, oh, he's say, if in if in real life in santa barbara which is not a big town and was not a big town in the 70s if there actually was a plot to blow up the police station the guy who busted that would be very important like that would be a th- especially the cops would love him i mean that it is an important thing um he would have back. a fucking plaque exactly we cut back to the police station and lassie and jules are cut up to pieces they clearly went through something and so they meet up with McNabb, who uh they tell what happened and their diamond smuggling case they were doing a stakeout they thought they found a crate with some diamonds in it turns out there weren't diamonds in it there was uh something else what was in that crate marmos marmosets 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 i'm not sure what those are well they're a tiny primate uh you can look them up and i'm i'm gonna i'll give you some facts about them i i'm familiar i think they're kind of like lemurs i'm not 100 percent sure though marmoset that would have been my guess yeah it's a tiny monkey um yeah they're very small but as anyone who's dealt with monkeys knows or who saw that photo of that one woman who had her face torn up remember that in like 07 Um, oh my god yeah i do yeah uh Monkeys are nothing to fuck with. Like, truly, just don't. And they're lucky that they just got scratches. You know, it's, uh, so yeah. Correct, um, yeah. So, uh, essentially, yeah, the diamond smuggling case didn't go as planned. Um, they conducted this takeout, and yeah, like we said, it was a marmosets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for McNabb, um, mm-hmm. his whole thing ended up, like, escalating to, like, a bigger case. It was essentially, it was a front for uh, sea pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, did not know sea pirates were a thing on the Pacific Coast, but sure, why not? I, I mean, mean, they uh, must sorry, be on the, on the California on the California section yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, so now he's teaming up with the Coast Guard, and it seems like a very sick case. Yeah, and that's when in uh, a dick move, in a massive dick move. Continue. Yeah, Lassie basically tells McNabb that they're taking over the case. Lassie and Jules do it, but mm-hmm. they're, they're taking over the case. Because, you know, this is way out of his jurisdiction or his, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, his authority. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, he seems a little bit upset. But at the same time, I'm sure he was grateful for the opportunity. At the time. Yes. And so they are very excited about that. And then we cut to uh, Henry's house. And uh, Henry's quitting. He doesn't want to keep working on the case. He's clearly too prideful. Um and he says, you know, a good detective knows when to let it go. He loves starting sentences with a good detective. You know, it's one of his favorite things to do. Um, but so Sean says to Gus that they need to basically trick him into working with them. So they then they get him into the car by saying that they're looking for wood to for Gus. They're help, want, Gus needs help building a bookshelf, which I think that sounds like candy for Henry. You know, like that's just one of the most fun things for him to do. But they're not getting wood to build a bookshelf. They're stopping at the Ford's residence, who for some reason still live in Santa Barbara. I mean, I guess Santa Barbara's a good place to live, but like... Yeah, I mean... I mean, if the second that you heard that this dude was out of prison, you're mm-hmm. you're fucking ducking out. Yeah, once the guy got sprung from the bing. Um, so I realize we haven't been yes. using... We haven't been using enough dumb slang recently, and I think we need to get back on it. You know what I mean? From the clink. From the clink. Um, like, it's, for example, like... On the Marvel pod, one episode ended with a character getting a gun out of a safety deposit box, and it truly took all of the strength. Because we had a guest who's not like someone I'm very close. I mean, someone who's been on a couple times, but I don't know them personally. All of the strength of the role for me not to say, and she took the biscuit out the oven. I had to really fight myself not to say that. Was this Secret Invasion? Yeah, it's pretty mid. Um. Anyway. Um. I know. Yeah. So they pull up to this house, but no one's home. Someone drives up, and they immediately speed away. So we get a car chase, you know, which is a, a rarity for the show. Yeah, we get a car chase with, like, a happening mm-hmm. uh, soundtrack in the background. It's very 70s. You know, I dig mm-hmm. it. Um, and eventually they reach a point, and that car stops. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get out of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what Gus has armed on him. What does he have? He has uh, the, 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 the laser, laser level. The laser level. Yeah, the laser level. level. Yeah, they rolled down the windows, and sure enough, it is Derek and Melanie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they go back to their house, and they, you know, basically apologize for, like, leading them on a chase. They've been scared ever since. They found out that Eugene was sprung out of jail, mm-hmm. and they assume that he's after them uh, for yeah. revenge. Because, as Melanie, I think, mentions, that essentially they heard that, and I don't know through how, 
or how they found this out, but essentially that Eugene has been um, asking around town about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're understandably nervous. Um, And they say like, oh, you know, after Eugene's arrest, we became good people. We built this whole life. Um, And when Sean asks about if there's anyone else involved, surreptitiously, not surreptitiously, coincidentally, Melanie ends up cutting her finger while chopping what looks like cucumber. Um, And so she leaves the room. And um, yeah. Sean then sees in their mail the same logo that he saw on the windshield. Um, it's for Santa Barbara University. Uh, and Correct. So they make that connection. Yeah. And so Derek thinks that they, sorry, Derek, sorry, Eugene thinks that Derek and Melanie set him up to take the rap for the police bombing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which and for the record, just, I'm skipping ahead. That. They did. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so yeah. They take off shortly after seeing that logo. And this is like, you know, we get a little bit of uh, Sean and Henry arguing on the mm-hmm. way to the car. And Gus finally puts his fucking foot yeah. down. He's tired of the fighting. Mm-hmm. He breaks it down pretty well for them, which is, you know, that they basically need each other. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it seems pretty obvious. Exactly. That's basically, we, they, Sean needs Henry because Henry was alive at the time and investigated the case. And Henry needs Sean because Sean is good at this. You know, it's basically just it. Um, and so they end up going to SBU, which is, of course, not the real university in Santa Barbara. Wait, before that, before oh. that, they're on the car. Right. They're yeah, in the sorry. car. They're in the car and they're talking about it. And, you know, they're talking about the SAG members. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about how there's only three of them. But no, there's four because mm-hmm. who the fuck took the photo? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So that's where they go to the Santa Barbara University to find a Dr. Colbert. Yes. Um, and so they knock on his door. It's open. And anytime in any movie or TV show, if you're trying to talk to someone and their door is open, what does it mean? They're dead. <laughs> like, it's kind of like the rule of murder shows. Um, and so, yeah. We then, they think that it was Eugene uh, who killed them. They assume, because they assume mm-hmm. that Eugene's the bad guy. And then we cut to Lassie and Jules showing up at the scene, and we learn how their uh, high sea adventure went. Yeah, so apparently they were like sequestered to a certain small portion of the boat or something, or yeah. some sort. Because of... once they got out three miles, they didn't have jurisdiction. So, correct. So looks like their case sank. No mm-hmm. pun intended. Um, and yeah, they're getting so yeah, they're getting basically cucked on that case. Um, yep. But fortunately for them they get mm-hmm. called to another um, case and mm-hmm. it's the case of Richard Colbert. Yeah. It's murder. Yes. Um, and so they, they, they come up and they think that he died of a lab accident because uh, in last he says, when are people going to learn that alcohol and hydrochloric acid don't mix, which Gus points out that they do, but that's actually not. Um... In fact, in, in actual reality, if you're going to kill yourself with a chemical, it's because those chemicals do mix. They just do it to something that's dangerous. If they don't mix, you'll have the two chemicals sitting next to each other. Um, Correct. Uh, and so, yeah, they're back in their 70s uniform. And Sean, th- I honestly think the reason I'd rate this episode high, because I was rewatching, I'm like, is this episode as good as I remember? And it really is just this minute stretch, which I think is just so funny to me. But I got some serious jive, and it is fly. <laughs> yeah. Which is, well, not because it's actually accurate 70s jargon, but how much they commit and, um, you know, how much Gus commits to. It's always funny when Gus gets swept up in the bits. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, oh, I'm going to shut your mouth, you know. Um, and he basically explains that Colbert, Colbert, Colbert maximized the bombing um, and Eugene was set up for it and he wanted revenge, maybe. Um, and... Uh, he has a vision, another vision, though, because Henry's off screen in a window trying to explain something to him, and Sean's trying to interpret it. Yeah, and it's essentially that um, another bomb has been constructed. Yes, in the but meantime. this leads to definitely my favorite moment in the episode when Sean is trying to get guess what Henry's gesturing, and he says he made a big old birthday cake, and Gus goes make a wish, and then just looked like yeah, yeah. snaps out of it. The the way that Dooley Hill plays saying make a wish, and then just snapping out of it is so funny. <laughs> Like I just, I think I missed. I think I missed the part where he was doing that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I just love like how I like I said. Anytime Gus gets too into a bit and then realizes that he looks stupid, is it's why Julie Hill was you know, it's not not every actor can go from being a series regular for seven seasons on a TV show to then being a series regular for eight seasons on a TV show, basically back to back. I mean, he's a good TV. West actor. Wing and this, 
Yeah. Like, the West Wing ended in 2006, and this began in 2006. So, like, the man stayed working. Oh, he's going to be getting paid until the day he dies. Exactly. Um, and hopefully more. Support the striking writers and actors. But anyway, they realize, oh, we built another bomb. Who's he trying to kill? The Fords. And so they go to the Fords, and thankfully there are two uniforms already there. Yes, there's already people there. Um, what, Jules and Lasseter? No, the, the uniformed officers who are arresting Eugene out of the back. Oh, correct. Yeah, they pull him out the back. Um, he has, like, something on him, and it, mm. inside, it's like a bag. Yeah. And inside the bag is a fucking bomb. Mm. Um, you know, very concerning. Mm. Um, and so, Eugene, for whatever he's saying, he's saying that he doesn't seem to know anything about the fact, he doesn't know anything about the fact that Richard Colbert yeah. was killed. Yeah, Colbert. Sorry, Colbert. I, now you got Stevens. me saying Colbert. I'm sorry. It's spelled that way. It's spelled like Stephen Colbert. What do you want me to do? Um, Is his name Stephen Colbert? Yeah. What do you mean? No, Col- no. I mean the Stephen Colbert, the comedian host. Is that his name? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, of course, it's his name. What you thought it was Colbert? I don't fucking watch Late Night. I don't know. Well, I don't. I didn't watch the Daily Show either. So I don't it was called know. the Colbert Report. That was the joke. That he, the, since Colbert is silent, he then called it the Report because the T's also silent. There it was the joke. Um, okay. All right. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, that Sean then looks at Melanie's hand and where she supposedly cut her finger is completely fine. And so he puts it together, um, that this is all been lies that they scapegoated Eugene. And then when, uh, they learned he got out, they're afraid he was gonna try to hurt them and expose the fact that they were terrorists. And so, uh, and they also thought that Dr. Colbert's drinking was going to lead him to expose them. And so... Which is, hold on, when the fuck did we find out about him being a drinker? I think they mentioned it offhandedly. It's not really that important. Um, okay, but it, yeah, it came, it came out of nowhere for me. And so, yeah, the whole idea was to kill Colbert and then uh, blow up Eugene and make it seem like he was trying to blow up them. That was the plan. Correct. Um, yeah, they need to preserve their cozy life. And so Sean, in his infinite wisdom, decides to arm the bomb right in front of them. And, you know, the real bomb maker would be able to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, like, you know, I don't know how much time. I think it was like a minute. That's yeah. a lot of time for anybody to run away. Yeah. Um, which Gus also does, which, which makes me fucking smart. Laugh. Smart. Yeah. But it's, oh, yeah. Well, it's um, also Julia Hill, great at running. Just like, he's just a great physical comedian. I mean, what can you say? Correct. And so, you know, the timer's running down a little bit. They're getting a little bit nervous, but um, Derek uh, disarms the bomb and yeah. they're under arrest because yeah. it was obviously all of them. Yeah. And then Sean says, after, you know, last year and Jules were like, why did you do that? He says, well, I was just going to cut the red and green wire at the same time if he didn't do it. Of course, there is no green wire. Sean was an idiot. He almost killed them. Um, yeah. And they're understandably mad about it. Um, and then we'd see Henry and Sean going up to the station. Sean wants Henry to be part of the interview with the Santa Barbara Inquirer. Um, was it Inquirer? I'm not even going to bother scrolling up to see. Um, independent. Independent. They, and when they get there, they see that Lassie and Jules are basically retelling the story as if it was them. And so I think the moral is that it's not about the credit, you know. Uh, and right. then the moral for Gus is what? <laughs> uh, is that he loves the car. Mm-hmm. That he uh, that they bought, and he's he's rolling down the street that's right along the psych office, mm-hmm. and um, it fucking fills with smoke. The engine breaks down, and um, time to hitchhike. Yeah, thing is, it's a, when they clean it up, it is a nice looking car. I'm not a big car guy, but like you understand why Gus wants to roll around in that car, you know? He and, and I feel like I feel like with a little bit of money, you could probably make it run well. I don't, I don't know how cars work, but um, you can make that kitty pro. Exactly. Uh, speaking of purring kitties, uh, Andre, father of purring kitty Meowie, what did you give this episode out of 10? I gave it an eight and a half. So did I, eight and a half. Just, I'm feeling this driving to just fly, make a wish. I mean, I also think it's one of the best episode titles of the whole show. Um, because the show has good episode titles, in my opinion. Um, and this it makes me think of the, the Pittsburgh Pirates thing. Uh, I believe you mean the Chicago White Sox, but yeah. No, it was the Pirates, no? You mean Disco Demolition Night, right? Yeah. I think it was the White Sox. Please tell me I'm not wrong. Oh, man. I'm I've freaking racking up nothing but W's tonight. Yeah, it was the Fuck! White Sox. Okay. Well, 
Um, yeah, because the because the, the the White Sox owner back then would do a bunch of promotions. Like that was kind of his whole deal is that he would, um, you know, do a bunch of crazy promotions, and they a lot of times backfired. And who was but, the owner at the time? Uh, was it? It was either Bill Veek or the guy after him. Was it Bill Veek? You sick bastard! I've never even heard of Bill Veek. Well, Bill Veek also was notable for he once put he once had a little person who was like three feet tall bat in a game, and because he wanted to have the record for the shortest person ever to play in the MLB. Um, I mean, your boy, I just, if there is an ephemera to know, I know it is like, you know, how do I like balance a budget? No fucking clue. So who's, who's I don't know why I never associated the, the, the disco demolition night with Chicago. I don't know why it wouldn't have done that. That's crazy to me. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it was a night where the Chicago White Sox in the late 70s, in 79, had a promotion where basically you could get, I think it was you can get in free or get in for a dollar if you brought a disco record that they were going to burn after the game, I believe. And it got so it rowdy. It got so rowdy that they ended up canceling the game and forfeiting the white for the White Sox because there was fires in the stands and it was just a shit show. Um, pretty great stuff. But anyway, yeah. I did this episode in half as well. Uh, Andre, where can people follow you on socials? Uh, you can find me at uh, andrebarrera.social or at Andre Barrera on Twitter. Uh, I'm at the J. Christie on Twitter. A Jake T. Christie. Sorry, just, just Jake Christie. Dot blue sky to social, etc. on Blue Sky if you're on that app. Uh, I, don't, I still don't. I, honestly, going to my head now, I think Twitter is going to be the one that survives this whole bullshit. I think putting this prediction down on July 18th, 2023, I think that Elon's going to keep running into the ground and then some site is going to buy it and then like undo a lot of Elon stuff. It will never get as big as it used to be, but like I think then 80% of people will still be there. I, that's my guess. Just because threads fo- folded very quickly. No one's using it anymore for good reason. And I think Blue Sky is just too inside baseball. That's I'm putting it on the record so we can go back. When I'm wrong, I will, I'll post this, okay? Probably. I just wanted to be topical. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can, yeah, you, I gave my socials, what have you. you listen to the show, share it with your friends, rate, review, subscribe, etc. You guys know the drill. And more important than that, tune in next time as we talk about There Might Be Blood. 